I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Welcome to Battleground Live, everybody. Thank you for being in the trenches with us today. Uh, I really appreciate it. By the way, for those who log on to the chat, I, I get on about an hour before the show starts just so I can engage with you all because I really do believe that this show really is about building a community. And, and part of my job is not just to bring you the best quality content every single night and really cover the truth and, and uh, much of the stuff that the media and the mainstream media will not cover, uh, but really is to engage with you all. And when I say build a community, I really do truly mean it. And so uh, I, you know, I log on about an hour prior to the live chat and just before we were going to go live, like Natalie comes down here and she's like, Hey, like talking to me. I'm like, you realize we're live. Right. And she like got all embarrassed. She was coming down the change, the cat's litter box. So I didn't have to be disturbed by any of the crazy during the actual show. So thank you, Natalie, for doing that. I'm not sure if she's in the live chat today, but we are so, I'm so grateful for that. But as we continue to build out this, this community and, and make this show bigger, I mean, watching this show grow has been kind of crazy. I mean, the level of engagement that we get on this show is really second to none, a second really to only the original gangster, uh, Wendy Bell, on the Wendy Bell radio program early from 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. I mean, her show gets crazy level of engagement. We have the Wendy Bell radio army here as well. And to those of you all who are listening through the app, thank you. Today, we have just, uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, it's going to be real difficult to fit it all in in an hour, but we're going to be talking about Ukraine and this crazy, strange story coming out of Ukraine. We're going to be talking about a new contender set to enter the Senate race in an absolutely critical, critical state. We're talking about brand new polling that's just blowing the left's mind and has them in full-blown panic mode. We're going to talk about uh, more January 6th convictions, only this time it might surprise you who was convicted. Uh, but before we get to any of that, do not forget, if you're listening or watching this show, make time to smash that like button or rumble button. Rumble notices that. The more likes we get, the more rumble notices. The more rumble notices, the more advertisers we get. The more advertisers we get means that I can move this studio away from the cat's litter box. So I don't have to interrupt Natalie's homework time to come down and change the litter prior to the show. So make sure just rumble like the show. Uh, it helps us out a lot. And you can also subscribe to this channel. I mean, if you're listening through the Wendy Bell radio uh, app or you're coming to rumble to actually watch the show, it's real simple. Just hit the subscribe button. It is and will always be free. This is your show and it always will be. Uh, before we jump right in, uh, right into the trenches on, on, on this first story. I want to thank Deepwell, our first founding sponsor of this program. This program wouldn't be possible. They're a great uh, American energy company that's growing like gangbusters all over the country. They're hiring right now, hiring 60 people this year, over 300 people over the next five years. I mean, it's an awesome company, great leaders, great executives, great pay, great benefits packages. So if you're watching the show, listening to the show, and you're looking for a job or 
family member needs a job, just go to defaultservices.com and check them out. I mean, they're not just hiring people who are in the in, in the oil fields and drilling. They're hiring people for office positions as well. Because check them out. They're great people. Um, totally vouch for them 100%. Um, okay. Let's get let's get right to it. Um, <laughs> stuff going on in Ukraine right now. Zelensky is here in America uh, at the UN. He ad- he addressed the UN General Assembly. Here's the problem: something like three to five. I can't quite remember the exact number, but like three to five actual founding members of NATO didn't even bother to attend this year. It has people wondering what exactly is the point of NATO. Our country gives, or our country gives the UN, not NATO. Our country gives the UN billions and billions of dollars every year. Again, the five of the member top member countries didn't even bother to attend the General Assembly. But Zelensky is here uh, as the war in Ukraine is completely and totally falling apart. Uh, they gave there was this article that came out uh, recently that talked about. Let me see. The title of the article itself is "We Can No Longer Hide the Truth About." the Russia-Ukraine war. And basically what it does is show exactly how horrific this war has gone for the Ukrainians. Now, remember, uh, Vormir Zelensky, he was an actor prior to even running for president, but he ran on a peacetime platform. He was ready to sign a peace agreement with Vladimir Putin to make sure that there was no war. We pushed him into the fight for some inexplicable reason. Democrats and Republicans in Washington, in this country, as I, as they're known as as the Uniparty, are slow marching this country towards you know towards war in Ukraine with one escalatory policy after the next. Well, Zelensky has been begging for U.S. taxpayer dollars for the better part of a year now uh, in prep for what would be a great summer offensive, where we were you know equipping uh, the Ukrainian military with with equipment, with tanks. Uh, there are even people in Washington who are saying that we should send them fighter jets, uh, you know, missiles to shoot down aircraft, I mean, everything. I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars, even to the point where we're, we're paying Ukrainian bureaucrat salaries. We're paying Ukrainian bureaucrat pensions. I mean, it's completely and totally out of control, yet Zelensky has been relentless with regards to asking the United States and pressuring the United States for money. And this war has had devastating consequences uh, for for the Ukrainians on on the battlefield and the and the, and the human catastrophe that has taken place. Both not not just not just in human capital of the Ukrainians, but also of the Russians who are also trapped in this war. There's really one presidential candidate on the Republican side who's who's pursuing peace, and one presidential candidate on the Democrat side who's pursuing peace. Robert Kennedy Jr. and Donald Trump on the Republican side, of course. Now, the, isn't it interesting that both both main mainstream media outlets, the military industrial complex, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week are trying to destroy Robert Kennedy Jr. and Donald Trump for having these positions that are contrary to the to the would be narrative out of Washington, D.C., out of the mainstream media, out of the military industrial complex, two candidates vying for peace, two candidates that the system itself is trying to destroy. The reason why I'm talking about this. Uh, and the reason why this is personal to me, and if it sounds like it's personal, it's because it is, is I my position on you know United States foreign policy and United States geopolitics was shaped during my time in the military. You know, after 9-11, many of y'all who listen and watch this show, you know I was a true believer in, you know, after those towers came down, 
I wanted to get on the fight. I wanted to get to Afghanistan. I wanted to be on the front lines. I wanted to take the fight to the enemy. I got the opportunity to do that. I, I still to this day believed in, in the mission in Afghanistan, you know, close with destroy the enemy kill the enemies of the United States. We're talking very, very bad people. And we got the opportunity to do that, as I mentioned. I mean, we fought some of the worst people on the face of the planet. We fought a global jihadist all-star team, really, whether it was he a terrorist faction, Hekmatier, the terrorist faction, the Akani network, actual Taliban. We fought uh, Al-Qaeda, foreign fighters from, from Mongols, Uzbeks. We even had some Brits who were fighting for Al-Qaeda over there that we were in contact with on a regular basis. Uh, and it was a fight every single day. And I believed in the mission. I also believed in the Iraq war. But as time wore on, I saw our government lying to us over and over and over again. And first of first of, of those lies really was weapons of mass destruction. And the idea that we believed that Iraq and Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and we needed to depose him as a dictator in order to stop him from exporting weapons of mass destruction around the world. We found out that that was a complete and wholesale lie. In fact, there was a report recently from General Wesley Clark, who's old Supreme Allied Commander of NATO or something like that, like back under George W. Bush, who, by the way, is, is a dirtbag lib now. Um, where George W. Bush and that entire administration, it, it, this isn't me bashing George W. Bush, but he ran on an isolationist foreign policy prior to tr prior to becoming president. 9-11 happens and it shook up the entire world. It was a different time back then, but they actually had a plan to knock down seven countries after the towers fell. And, and this is a report. You can throw this in a search engine, look it up for yourself. Don't trust me. Verify. Trust, but verify. Um, I mean, we're talking countries like Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria. It was all part of the plan. Egypt. and. I just watched one lie after the next happen, and it really shook my faith in institutions in this country. And I, I say this because war, you know, having seen war up close and personal, having been wounded myself, having made decisions that led to my men being wounded, in some cases killed, and then being in the medical retirement process. Um, and, and seeing very visibly the cost of war, uh, physical cost of war at Walter Reed and and then being assigned as what you call the battalion rear detachment commander. And my job was to primarily train new troops to go to war, take care of the wounded when they come home, and then also be the knock at the door for families of the fallen, families who had lost loved ones in support of the war. You know, I feel like God really works in mysterious ways. And if you watch the show, you know that I really don't like cliche phrases like that. But as I get older, I believe that to be true. And as I was growing up, I, I, and, and experiencing all of this, I certainly didn't think like this in the moment. I mean, age gives you perspective in, in some crazy ways. And uh, I look back on that time and think that you know, maybe God put me in those circumstances on the front lines of horrific combat for 16 months and, and direct fighting with the enemy and then being wounded myself and seeing the physical cost of war, not just on our soldiers, but on family members who lost loved ones and then attending those funerals and writing letters to parents who lost children or spouses who lost loved ones or handing the folded flag to Americans who sacrificed everything uh, on, on the altar of freedom, the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, I, having experienced that, I, I feel like maybe part of my role now 
is to speak out on wars that I don't believe are, are I don't want to say just, but I just, uh, the war in Ukraine lacks mission. It lacks a mission, a clear mission. It lacks focus. I mean, there's a, there's a phrase called the fog of war. When you're in battle, like sometimes stuff happens, decisions have to be made quickly. You're just doing the best that you can to survive. You don't necessarily see the cost of those decisions in the moment. You're just making decisions and trying to survive. Well, the same is true when you're funding a, a proxy war in Ukraine where you're not necessarily on the front line seeing the conditions for yourself. You're trusting politicians and news organizations to give you accurate information on that fight and trusting that you know, as part of this funding, this proxy war, that there are no ulterior motives. Well, given everything that we experienced in Iraq and that everything that we experienced in Afghanistan, how can you look at what's happening in Ukraine and say that it's worth it? Was Afghanistan worth it? What I mean, was it a just cause after 9-11? Of course, I believed in taking out Osama bin Laden. Iraq, I believe less so now, but it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. I'm just saying right now that 20 years of war in Afghanistan, Afghanistan's a more dangerous place today than it was in a pre-9-11 world. Iraq, Trillions of dollars spent, thousands of Americans dead, tens of thousands wounded, a million Iraqis dead. Iraq is worse off now than prior to us invading. In fact, we created a void there, which gave rise to ISIS, which caused thousands of more people to die. It actually emboldened Iran, who is on the brink of developing a nuclear weapon, which, by the way, if Iranian terrorists who have been exporting terror around the world since the 1970s are willing to blow themselves up to kill you. What do you think they're going to do when they have tactical nuclear weapons or suitcase nuke or once they get launching capabilities for an intercontinental ballistic missile? I mean, there's it's none of these. The end states here are good. So my point is it takes moral, trustworthy leadership to guide us through these tumultuous times. So when you look at the war in Ukraine, okay, you talk about government lies, not just government lies as it pertains to global foreign policy, war and conflict. But what about the election in 2020? What about the vaccine? What about the lockdowns? What about everything that we've what about the Hunter Biden's laptop and the 50 intelligence agents who signed a piece of paper saying it was Russian disinformation? I mean, it seems like every single day or how they treated Donald Trump. Right. One hoax after the next two impeachments, the Russia hoax. It was just one lie foisted on you, the American people after the next. How so how can you experience all of this and then look at Ukraine and say, well, you know what? I, I trust Joe Biden. I trust the Pentagon. I trust the CIA. I trust our intelligence agencies to give me accurate information about what's happening there. I can't. And I'm telling you this because, you know, war changed me forever. Not necessarily all in bad ways, but you think about it, I, I often think about it like this. You know, you're a freshman in high school and the day you're a senior, you get your diploma and you graduate. You're a totally different person because experiences in life change you for good and for bad, good and bad ways, both. I mean, the, the, the good and bad sort of kaleidoscopes around you as you move through life. And there are times when you're a senior and you're standing there with your high school diploma and you look back at yourself as a freshman and you think, oh, my God, what the, what the hell was I thinking back then? What was I wearing? Why, why did I do these stupid things? It's because those experiences, experience of high school, getting older, these, all, these, these things change you. Well, the same is true of combat, except for in, in a more extreme way. 
you know, you, I got to experience some of the, the closest bonds ever in my life, you know, love and brotherhood that I never thought possible outside of my own immediate family and my own children, you know, and I, I would never sacrifice that ever. I love those guys. I love them to this day. I'm still super close to them. Also experience some horrible, horrible stuff that stays with you forever. I, it's just, it's just part of it, right? I, I am a volunteer. I am not a victim of this fight. I volunteered to go and I would do it again. I'm proud of my service. But that doesn't mean we should be careless with American lives moving forward in a war that would be a hell of a lot more dangerous for Americans. And I feel like, you know, me and only a handful of people have been outspoken about this fight. And, you know, again, I, I'm. I'm a, a steadfast conservative, a constitutional conservative. I'm a Republican through and through. I have many, many, many friends in the U.S. House of Representatives that are serving this country in Congress right now, many of whom are in the Freedom Caucus who oppose this war as well. But they're certainly not the majority. And so we're talking about sending Americans into a fight. And I'm telling you, it will happen. It's not happening now, but it will happen if we continue on this path. Not only is the war far more dangerous because Russia is a far greater threat, they have far more assets to bear on the battlefield that 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 could cause mass casualty events day after day for both the Ukrainians it has been happening for the Ukrainians, but will undoubtedly happen if Americans are there as well, that we are simply not ready for. And all I'm talking about is the contemporary operating environment and the threat that we face today in Russia, in, in Iran, and in the rising tide of China. I'm not even talking about the grave national security threats of woke BS in our military, with ex which exacerbates the problem more than you could possibly imagine. We are not ready for this. And I feel like it's my job. Part of what I'm meant to do is speak out against these wars. No, not like John Kerry, who is a traitor throwing his medals over the over the White House fence saying F you to the country and everything else. No, not like that. But I look at myself as like an elder warrior. Maybe I can use my experience to educate policymakers to steer our country away from war, because ultimately a leader's responsibility, first, last and always, is dedication to mission, country, constitution. American sons and daughters who are our greatest natural resource. Can you honestly look at what happened in Iraq, Afghanistan, and say that the sacrifice of some of the greatest Americans in, of a generation was worth it with what we have to show for it now? And so I'm just trying to give you perspective of how I look at this war in Ukraine. It's not that, and I know there are going to be shit libs who are watching this and mouth breathers who are watching this. Who, who say, oh, you know, oh, 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 God, look, Sean, he's he's opposed to the war in Ukraine. He must he must be a Putin Putin's puppet. That's asinine and stupid. Uh, of course, that's not true. I recognize that some things are worth fighting for. I'm not even proposing an isolationist foreign policy. But what I am proposing is just leadership in the pursuit of peace. It, it, you know, you look at Donald Trump. In that interview with hacktivist Welker uh, from Meet the Depressed, she, he said, I would get Putin and I get Zelensky in a room and we'd sit down and we'd figure this out. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what needs to happen. Because the cost of these wars in, in, in ca human capital is extraordinarily high and it won't stop unless there's real leadership in this country. Stolen, stolen elections and rigged elections have consequences. And in this case, 
dire global consequences that could drag this country into war and cost tens of thousands of American lives. And I'm telling you, come hell or high water, as as long as I still, as long as I'm still alive, to, uh, in, in, and to advocate against this 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 war that I don't believe has a mission, a clear mission, I don't believe has an end state, being a steadfast protector of your taxpayer dollars when you can't even barely afford groceries or to put fuel in your car. Inflation's crushing this country, yet we're escalating a war with Ukraine, and we have the gall to send them a hundred plus billion dollars in aid. It's not right. The longer that a protracted stalemate drags on, the higher the likelihood that American sons and daughters will find themselves there, especially during an election year. Bookmark this episode. Trust me. Having lived through Iraq and lived through Afghanistan, I just see the end state very clearly. And it's my job as an elder warrior, somebody who's seen the horrors of war, both on the battlefield and here at home, up close and personal. I'm, I'm, I'm begging our leaders to do everything that they can to pursue peace because the cost is high. And of course, Zelensky is here in America begging for, for more aid. Like I said, he was at the UN General Assembly today. And I, you know, this video dropped just before the episode for, before this show. And I wanted to make sure to show it to you because it just combines two things that absolutely trigger me. And if you're playing the mouth bre- the mouth breather drinking game, which you should be playing, because not only do we tackle ter- serious, serious stuff on this show, we also like to have a little bit of fun. Um, <laughs> some of the stuff we talk about is so graveyard serious. I feel like I need to be drinking right now. Um, but he combined two things that trigger me, Ukraine and climate change. Roll this tape and try to keep your IQ up and try not to be dumber by the end of it. Check this out. Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters. And when islands and countries disappear underwater and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. We must act united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. As nukes are restrained, likewise the aggressor must be restrained and all his tools and methods of war. Each war now can become final, but it takes our unity to make sure that Aggression will not break in again. And it is not a dialogue between the so-called great powers somewhere behind the closed doors that can guarantee us all the new wars era, but open war of all nations for peace. So you see that? Climate change, according to Zelensky, climate change is what led Russia 
to invade Ukraine and cause tens of thousands of deaths, and we need to go to war to stop both? Do you, do you catch the language there? See, climate change, when people, climate change, the, the agenda itself is complete and total propaganda. I talk about it often on this show. You are the carbon that they want to control. And in fact, that's what the climate change agenda is all about. It's about control. It's about the curtailing of your freedom. Driving, buy this electric car. If you step out of line, we won't allow you to charge it. We're going to ban gas stoves. But if you say something wrong on social media, we won't let you cook your food. In fact, we'll shut off your power altogether. It's all about control. And you see how they combine global conflict with climate change, all as part of the Great Reset, which you're told is a conspiracy theory, but you can listen to Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum talk about the Great Reset in great detail. I think, for goodness sake, he even wrote a book called The Great Reset, Eat the Bugs, Live in the Pod, You'll Be Happy. These, these ideas are in fundamental opposition to this country and what it means to be free in our constitution and individual liberty individual the individual in this in this country is indeed the smallest minority and we must protect that we have to be vanguards of freedom here in this country we can't allow we can't allow foreign countries through the United Nations to push some globalist agenda on Americans, thereby curtailing all of our freedom. And, and ultimately, it, it, the end state goal is to control your children. If they're not among the preferred group of wealthy globalists who can afford to fly around on, on private jets and buy extra carbon credits and live in this dystopian hellscape that they, they, that they see for us, well, then you're screwed. That's not the world that I want for my kids. I know that's not the world that you want for your children either. Like the, if you Zelensky, watch this video of Zelensky, and then as you're doing it, make sure you have a drink nearby because you're going to throw up in your mouth a little bit, and you're going to need something to wash that gross taste out of your mouth. Check out this video. <laughs> That's the dude that we've given over $100 billion to. We have no idea where your money went. In fact, so I saw this stat. Get this. We've sent over six-plus billion dollars to Ukraine by mistake, in error. We have no idea what it was for. We, we oversent them money. I saw a, a, a research study on how much it would cost to build new houses and all of all of Maui that was completely burned to the ground during those horrific wildfires, by the way, would have been complete media blackout around that. Do we still know? We know anything else about the people who passed away, about how many children died? No, it's been kept from you. Wholesale media blackout. And some of the stories coming out of there are horrific, but it would cost $5 billion to rebuild every home in Maui exactly as it was. Yet we sent $6 billion to Ukraine and we don't even know in, in error, in a mistake. <laughs> but the people in Maui have to get by with one-time $700 payment forgiveness? Is this any of this okay with you? Of course it's not. 
which in a heavily Democrat area like Hawaii, people are woken up and said, why the hell is Joe Biden giving all this money to Ukraine? That dude you just saw gyrating around on your screen. Why is he getting treated like a rock star when our own citizens in cities all across this country are being overwhelmed with fentanyl or in the case of natural disasters like Maui, they can't even afford, they're smuggling diapers around because they 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 can't get to where they can't even take control of their own homes now. If you listen to the survivor testimony on Wendy Bell Radio this morning, you hear all about it. It's horrific. Yet we're giving more aid to Ukraine than we are to our own people. And it's disgusting. And something that's really, this is really what I want to get to, is this video from, from this transgender former United States citizen who defected to Ukraine, started, obviously, in, in America, he, he was a man. I think he goes to Ukraine as he's transitioning to a woman and ends up becoming the spokesperson, spokesman for the Ukrainian military. And, and one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. And he just get, he just did this video the other day where he talked about, you know, putting Americans on hit lists. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. A kill list, a hit list. And just last night, you know, friends of mine like Steve Bannon and Jack Posobiec and Charlie Kirk, all of these people found themselves on this Ukrainian hit list days after this transvestite came out and started talking about this stuff. And I just find it strange. Like maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't allow Ukraine, who we funded, to the tune of a hundred plus billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer money to put our own citizens on hit lists, thereby essentially using U.S. taxpayer dollars to go after American citizens who are also funding the war there. Any of this make any sense? If you don't believe me, check out this video and watch for yourself because it is disturbing. Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation. Putin propagandists will all be hunted down. Puppets of Putin. Where have you heard that phrase before? Oh, oh, you heard it from the New York Times when they went after American citizens like me who opposed the war in Ukraine. You're just a puppet of Putin. And isn't it interesting that now there's Ukrainian transvestite, well, an American transvestite who, who defected to Ukraine is now using the exact same language? And, and oh, by the way, days after that video was released, Charlie Kirk, Steve Bannon, Jack Posobiec all find themselves on a hit list, a Ukrainian hit list. Also, very outspoken critics of the war in Ukraine. Does any of this make any sense to you? Uh, it's We're using American taxpayer dollars to fund a fake ally. They're not an ally. Don't listen to that. The, the, the propaganda that Ukraine is an ally. They are not and never have been an ally. But we're using American taxpayer dollars to fund a proxy war with Russia and Ukraine 
funding a country that is fundamentally not an ally, and that country is now threatening American citizens who are critical of the fight. Kind of seems a little too on the nose for me, like something right out of a fiction thriller, but it's not. It's real life. It's the world that we're living in. And yet you would think that this would be headline news on every major media outlet, <laughs> the lead in on, on ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever, but it's not complete and total radio silence on this stuff. So who is that person that you saw there? That man is a guy named Michael Cirillo, Michael, AKA Sarah Cirillo. Who is this person? Well, I know for a fact that this person, and look, I'm not casting dispersions on this person. I've been very, very clear. If you are uh, above 18 and you're a man that wants to become a woman, more power to you. This is the United States of America. Do what you want to do. It's a free country. Just keep that, keep this, this, you know, this propaganda, this trans propaganda away from my kids and out of the schools, away from minors. Okay. You, but you're over 18. You live the life the way that you want. So I'm not like casting dispersions. Uh, I'm not, I'm not attacking this guy because of this, but he transitions just as he gets his, his wife pregnant, transitions to a woman, defects to Ukraine. This is Michael Cirillo before he transitioned and before he found himself the spokesperson for the Ukrainian military. Check, check this out. So in about 12 hours, I'm going to be leaving to the United States. I've been here in Europe for six weeks, checked in on video several times. And this afternoon here in Frankfurt, I had the opportunity to visit the Frankfurt Book Fair, which is a tremendous international exhibition of publishers and authors, writers, and other ancillary parts of the writing industry. But the most important thing I found was this little postcard. And in German, it says, Für das wird. Okay, so that's Michael Cirillo before. This is, this is. Michael, a.k.a. Sarah, who is still Michael after. Check this out. Sarah Ashton here. I've now been in Ukraine 29 days. And during that time, being in the midst of a war zone, surrounded by soldiers and, and, and men everywhere, I've been butching up, for lack of a better term. And it's been jeans and my jacket, my T-shirt, whatever. And I haven't really had a chance to feel too sensual and too sexy. Well, finally, I got a piece of clothing that I think will make me feel incredible for the rest of the trip. And I want to share it with Twitter because you know what? You only live once. So although people may say, Sarah, come on, to be taken seriously as a journalist, you have to know be right down the middle and you can't do anything too crazy you know what you only live once so here it goes what do you think of my new undergarment like it i do slava ukraini fuck you putin oh oh god First of all, you butched up. You're already a dude. What are you talking about? Like, like this, isn't this just the weirdest thing in the world? That, and by the way, there's a reason why this person was selected. Okay. There's a reason why this man who become a woman is in Ukraine speaking English. This is propaganda meant for TikTok and social media 
You can't take your eyes off this stuff. As weird as it is, you can't take your eyes off this stuff. And it's in English meant to propagandize the American people. This is very deliberate and very sinister and costing Ukrainian lives on the battlefield and will end with American lives. on the battlefield. I want you all to see through this very clearly. And so by the end of October 2022, Cirillo had joined the armed forces of Ukraine, the AFU, in addition to arms uh, arms and ammunition. Ukraine also appeared to have ample access to synthetic cross-sex hormones for transvestites in its ranks, which is strange. Watch this video. Hey, everyone. This is sort of a personal message. I just wanted to show that, yes, uh, you can be transgender and still serve in the military with no problem. My estrogen, my blockers, and everything is there. I take them and I still serve. Slava Ukraini. Why? Why? And so this this person, Mike, met with Eric Swalwell in his office in December, just a couple months after that video was taken. Uh, and And it's just crazy to me that i mean i'm telling you right now if if aliens came to this earth and they saw the crazy that we are doing right now they would say to hell with this i'm going somewhere somewhere else these people are insane but did you ever think that we all, we'd be on the brink of world war 3 and we'd have a transvestite american defector who is now serving in ukraine that is that is speaking english and propaganda meant for the american people meant to shape public sentiment here not in ukraine in order to push us towards world war 3 I mean, I did not have that on my bingo card in 2020. I'm just telling you, all the crazy stuff that has happened since then, I did not see this one coming. But it's just bizarre. In referencing that Newsweek article that I told you about, the summer offensive that we've talked about this often, is ended in complete and total disaster uh, for Ukraine. Over the, the totality of, I think, a short year with, with Russia, 17,500 KIA in just the first year of the war. And now Ukraine is drafting 55-plus-year-old men and women for the, for the front lines of the fight. But get this, this recent failed offensive, and I've been telling you on this show in the short five weeks that we've been doing it, that Ukraine, the summer offensive, has, has been a disaster. U the Ukrainian military has drastically underperformed what you know, the military geniuses at the Pentagon thought they would perform like they were, they've been terrible. And by the way, again, you don't have to be General Patton to know that they were going to get their asses whipped by the Russian military. It was just a matter of time. I'm telling you. Um, so the, the, the failed offensive over the summer, 50,000 additional deaths, 70,000 total dead Ukrainians, which is a tragedy and 120,000 wounded. This this country, even if there is a diplomatic peace agreement, this country will never be the same made possible by American politicians pushing Ukraine to fight to fight the Russians. It's horrible. It's horrible. So Biden also spoke at the U.N. General Assembly and he offered very clear and very strict instructions on the world stage to how we should be engaging with Ukraine. Watch it. Very, very clear. Watch this video. Check this out. Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacros sacrosanct. 
<laughs> Let me be clear. Mumble, 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 mumble. Let me be clear. Sounds like he's sounds like he's completely and totally wasted. Well, he went on and pledged never-ending support for Ukraine, despite all the weirdness that's going on there, despite a total waste of American taxpayer dollars there, despite a clear lack of mission, a clear, clearly defined end state, despite heavy casualties in Ukraine, Biden said this. Check this out. Ukraine's children. Russia believes that the world will grow weary and allow it to brutalize Ukraine without consequence. But I ask you this. If we abandon the core principles of the United States to appease an aggressor, can any member state in this body feel confident that they are protected? If we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? I'd respectfully suggest the answer is no. We have to stand up to this naked aggression today and deter other would-be aggressors tomorrow. That's why the United States, together with our allies and partners around the world, will continue to stand with the brave people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty and territorial integrity. Elections have consequences, people. You know, I, I would I would argue that, you know, when times are great and, and budgets are balanced and there's no strife in people's lives, Democrat, Republican, whatever. I'm obviously I'd rather have a Republican or a conservative uh, at every level of government. But people don't really notice how bad people don't really notice when times are good. But people notice terrible, destructive leadership when times are bad. And I'm telling you. <laughs> things are about to get worse. We're going into a critical election year. We've seen that the Democrats are willing to do anything to keep and hold power. They will stop at nothing to stay in power, which is why this next story is so important about a a Senate candidate who's about to declare in a critical swing state. Before I get to that, if you're watching this show right now, you know, please make sure you like smash that like button, that rumble button. Make sure you subscribe to the program. It is it will always be free. I also want to thank Cabot Guns. They make the best 1911s in the world. Uh, they've got locations all over the country. They are also hiring. They're a founding partner and sponsor of this program. So thank you to Cabot Guns. Make a hell of a pistol. Also steadfast protectors and supporters of our Second Amendment. I salute you. Thank you for your support. Okay. Doug Mastriano ran for governor. Largely abandoned by his party. In fact, major members of the Pennsylvania Republican Party uh, actually fundraised for his opponent, Josh Shapiro, and a stunning act of betrayal as far as I'm concerned. Um, Look, Pennsylvania is a tough... I'm from Pennsylvania, and even if you're not from Pennsylvania... It, this stuff matters to you for a lot of reasons, because, look, if you come from a solid red state or you come from a solid blue state, you're going to cast your vote. It might not matter that much. I mean, always vote, but it might not matter that much in a national election in your state if it's a safe R state or safe D state. But Pennsylvania, as Pennsylvania goes, so goes the nation. But Pennsylvania is also extremely challenging to win statewide for Republicans. But I'm just saying, if you're watching this show nationally or from internationally, which I know some do, Pennsylvania is really, really important. It matters to you a lot. So this this even though you're not from Pennsylvania, this this really matters because everything falls on Pennsylvania for the Republicans. If we win Pennsylvania in 24, 
we're likely going to take back the presidency. We're likely going to take back the Senate. And so Doug Mastriano, the fa- this, this makes Doug Mastriano's betrayal at the hands of some of the members of his own party who thought he was an extremist or far right wing or January 6th or whatever. It, to me, it was egregious. And, you know, Doug Mastriano, you know, uh, he was in a multiple person primary. I think there were like 14 people in that governor's race in the primary, and he still got 50 percent, which is which is extraordinary. I mean, that in a multiple person primary to get 50 percent of the vote is is truly is truly a remarkable thing. And, you know, the the GOP leadership in our state. And by the way, I like a lot. I like most of these guys they are good guys, um, but they've largely branded him as an, an extremist. I think wrongly so. Because even though you might not agree with everything that he has to say, the dude pulled 50% in a multiple person primary when he ran for governor. He lost to Josh Shapiro. Okay. I, I completely get that. But it's very difficult to win when your own party is stabbing you in the back along the way. When you're running in a general election, your focus should be on your opponent. And if your own party is helping to fundraise for the other guy, <laughs> That doesn't exactly inspire confidence in donors nationwide who would be willing to invest in your race. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's 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 a little bit baffling to me that the Republican Party did some of this stuff to Doug Mastriano, he's, who is a good man. And um, but nevertheless, he did an interview with John Fredericks that was largely glossed over yesterday, even though. I think this is huge, huge news that nobody is talking about. Let's let's go ahead and roll this video with Doug Mastriano and, and, and John Fredericks. We understand that Dave McCormick is likely to announce his bid for U.S. Senate sometime this week, I think on Friday. Um, can he win? He can if the party unifies. John, if the party's going to play games like they did last year, especially with my candidacy, you know, and, and hold back your support, uh, then he can't win. He's facing a Casey, uh, but he can do it if Republicans, we stop playing games. You know, he, he might be too conservative for some and he might not be, you know, he might be too moderate or these, these ties with certain groups or whatever that we have, you know, that there's questions about. Uh, we need to unify on on these candidacies. I'm, you know, I'm the recipient last year of, of the party playing games internally, and even some of the members, some within the parties, and some even in the House, you know, backing, supporting, and and raising money for my opponent, Josh Shapiro. I mean, it's madness. If we are divided on our side here, I our guys will no longer be able to win state uh, statewide races. But I do believe he's got a good shot. Um, I, I've already, Rebbe and I have met with him and his wife uh, about a month or two ago. Uh, I'm seeing him again this week here. Um, I mean, let me just real quick. Uh, he's a he's a veteran of Desert Storm. He was in the 82nd Airborne Division, and so yeah, there always are questions that, that each of us have. Um, I'm I'm pretty much satisfied with the answers he gave me. So it's time to unify. Let's get the. Uh, lazy John Casey out of office and, and put Dave McCormick in. Is Dave McCormick a candidate for the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania that Doug Mastriano can get behind early? So I I do have another meeting with him this week here, so uh, more to follow. But I'm thinking, yes, I'm not going to be part of the problem, you know, John. I mean, absolutely. If he is our nominee, I am backing him and I will hold nothing back. We need to win. 
stop playing games because we don't have these perfect candidates that are 100% in line with our ideas. We'll never find a perfect candidate, right? Unless it's like yourself kind of thing. So let's unify. Let's get this done. Let's get the Democrats out of power in the Senate. Okay. So, so much there that I want to talk about, but I want to first say this about Doug Mastriano. Um, he was treated like garbage by the Republican Party in this state. I don't care. You know, there's there you know, moderate Republicans in this state. I'll tell you, I've run statewide in Pennsylvania. It's extraordinarily difficult to do. We are a very intellectually diverse Republican Party in this state. You know, Western Pennsylvania is the Republican stronghold. Central Pennsylvania is also strong for Republicans, but sa- the Southeast Republicans are just a different a different breed of Republicans, and that's okay. But Doug Mastriano was treated like garbage by this party in this state. And I'm sorry, there's just no excuse for that. He's the nominee. He's the guy. You support him come hell or high water. And I'll tell you this. For Doug Mastriano to say and be the bigger person, I'm not going to be part of the problem. This party needs to unite is significant. Now, you know, Dave McCormick, I I mean, look, all cards on the table. He's a friend of mine. Um, you know, he ran against against Oz in the last race. And I know a lot of the people are, oh, he's an establishment guy. Um, but look, here's the bottom line. Dave, Dave McCormick is a combat veteran. Uh, Dave McCormick is from Pennsylvania. And if Doug Mastriano is being the bigger person and he's saying it's time to rally around this guy as a party, well, I I have to say I completely agree. And in a state like Pennsylvania, I, I, I'm already hearing grumbling that, oh, I can't believe Mastriano said that about McCormick, or I can't believe McCormick would 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 cozy up to Mastriano. I'm telling you right now, that is a losing mentality. Pennsylvania, if you're listening, which I know many of you are from Pennsylvania, you've got to put that aside because the focus is someone like Bob Casey, who is a absolute disaster, three-term senator from the state of Pennsylvania. He's done absolutely nothing. He's just as radical as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We've got to get him out of there. We've, we have, it, is, it is time to unite as a party in this state, because if we are divided, as Doug Mastriano said, we simply will not win. And when our party is divided, very, very bad things happen. And this next video uh, of what I'm going to going to show you, if you're from Pennsylvania, you know. And actually, if you're not from Pennsylvania, you probably also know because this guy, this guy's a total disaster. Uh, let's let's roll this video. How things have operated since that deal was. A bipartisan deal was struck for certain top line spending numbers for all of the funding bills that have to be passed to make the budget keep the government running the senate has basically been delivering those and passing them by big 91-7 bipartisan majorities the house today looks like it's falling apart you've already got 17 no votes in that house republican caucus saying we're not passing anything what what do you think's happening here yeah you know like i i truly i was i was very proud of my colleagues you know because they're really about governance that's what it is and on the other, the, the house, the, the whatever they call themselves, Team America or whatever they call themselves, I just like, hey, I just like bring your vote. You know, otherwise, you know, they need to go hump a different leg. Um, the, you were in uh, you drove your I think it's a Ford uh, from Braddock. Why? <laughs> like Chris Hayes just quickly moved to the next question. They need to go hump a different leg. This guy, John Fetterman. He's the end result of what happens in the United States Senate if our party doesn't come together in in critical swing states. And look, I'm going to tell you this, you know, for people who might not believe me, 
the proof is in the numbers. Now, these numbers are getting better every day in, in getting they're more in favor of Republicans every day. But Democrats can win statewide in Pennsylvania with not a single Republican vote. They have a 450 plus thousand voter registration advantage. Now, when Trump won the state in 2016, they had about a 600,000 plus person voter registration advantage. They had about a 535,000 plus voter registration advantage in 2022. Now that number is 450,000. So the state of Pennsylvania is more favorable than it could that it has ever, ever been. But if this party doesn't unite and put our differences aside, we will lose to crackpots, brain dead, mouth breathing morons like John Fetterman. If you don't believe me that he's a mouth breather, just watch this next video. It will blow your mind. Check this out. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on uh, in the, the, the meetings uh, over in, in the Congress. So, again, uh, I, I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but, you know, she really takes it a different way. What the hell is he talking about? Dingling this thing. That he's a total whack job. He's in Congress because the state of Pennsylvania and our party here in this state could not unite around a candidate. Full stop. That's 100 percent true. We cannot afford that. The Democrats want us fighting amongst each other. They don't want a unified Republican Party laser focused on getting rid of Bob Casey here. If we get rid of Bob Casey and Republicans win in 2024, Republicans will take back the Senate. Donald Trump will be back in the White House. And Pennsylvania, by the way, in order to win this state, it's going to require a very, very unique candidate. I would argue that Dave McCormick, and again, he's a friend of mine, an army guy. I'm an army guy. So look, I get it. Everybody backs different people in primaries. Okay. You, you like who you like. I like who I like. You're all welcome here. I don't, uh, that's, that's not, I, I get all that, but Dave McCormick, I've never seen anyone fundraise like Dave McCormick. You, whoever's the nominee is going to be, it, and, and it's looking like it's going to be Dave McCormick. He's going to need to raise a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. It, to beat a guy like Bob Casey. As far as I I've ne Dave McCormick is the only person that I know that can do that. Period. End of story. There's nobody else who can do it. And so take a page out of Doug Mastriano's book. Listen to his advice. He's, he's a major leader in this Republican Party, even though the establishment would not have you believe that. He is. He got over 50 plus percent in a 14 person primary in 2022. He like whether the Republican Party wants him or not is irrelevant. The people are with him. Listen to what he's saying. We cannot win if we are not united. And the reason why the Democrats want us fighting amongst each other is there's a new poll that came out today. And it was interesting in The Washington Post. And it was behind a paywall. But it just came out today. And this is so, so important. And the reason they want us fighting with one another is because. I'm telling you, Republicans can win. They don't want you to believe that. They would rather have us divided and fighting one another. But listen to this. It's earth shattering. And Donald Trump is changing the political landscapes in ways that we never thought possible. This is the Washington Post, Washington Compost, hardly a, a conservative bastion uh, uh, news, news organization. Across, listen to this. I'm reading from this article. Across Five high-quality polls that have broken out non-white voters in the past month. Trump is averaging 20% of black voters and 42% of Hispanic voters. 
Hit this. Listen very, very carefully. No Republican presidential candidate in the past 50 years has approached receiving 20 percent of the black vote. Did you hear that? I'll read it again. No Republican presidential candidate in the past 50 years has approached receiving 20 percent of the black vote since Republicans took 18 percent in 1972 and 16 percent in 1976. They haven't taken more than 12 percent of black votes. Their average share over the past 50 years is nine percent, about half of where Donald Trump currently sits right now. And Donald Trump is at the high end of Hispanic of of Hispanic support. Now, they say George W. Bush got 44 percent of the Hispanic vote when he won. That number is disputed. But this is a hard number of 42 percent of Hispanic votes for Donald Trump. Uh, this is earth shattering. It's it's groundbreaking. This is why the left is in full panic mode. This is why they're conducting lawfare against Donald Trump. This is why they're trying to use bogus 14th Amendment arguments to remove him from ballots in critical swing dates, swing states. And by the way, these these legal arguments have no legal precedent. It's never been done before to any president in the history of this country. So I'm telling you, they're in full panic mode because Donald Trump can win. So make sure that you don't buy into their propaganda and don't fight amongst each other. Unite, because if we unite, we win. If we do not unite, this party dies and so will America. New poll came out today from the morning consult. Now, I always tell you this, 6,000 6, person registered voter sample size. So again, the larger the sample size, the more accurate. National poll, again, morning consult, Trump 42, Biden 42 nationally. In the GOP uh, presidential primary, Trump 59, DeSantis 13. DeSantis is plummeting while Trump is rising. He's up 46. I'm telling you all of this, that Republicans can win because Democrats are doing everything that they can to change election laws. And so today in the state of Pennsylvania, and I'm talking about Pennsylvania because everything hinges on this state. If Republicans manage to win Pennsylvania, and by the way, I've seen some amazing polling here in Pennsylvania Pennsylvania that I'm going to loop you in on. But the generic ballot, I've never seen anything like this. The generic ballot in Pennsylvania is nearly tied. I haven't seen a generic ballot. Generic ballots mean like, like when you call somebody and you ask somebody like, hey, like, are you going to vote for the Republican or Democrat? Half are saying Democrat, half are saying Republican. That is remarkable in a state where there are 450 plus thousand more Democrats. We've never had it this good. Don't believe the propaganda that Trump can't win. And if you're a donor or you're somebody who lives in Pennsylvania, do not believe that Pennsylvania is unwinnable. But look at what the Democrats are doing. Our party is terrible at this, okay? Governor Shapiro, okay, who's the governor of Pennsylvania, announced Pennsylvania will switch to an automatic voter registration, okay? Does this mean that voter ID is finally okay? Probably not. Will voters automatically be enrolled in mail-in ballots unless they check otherwise? I'll tell you this. Unless they say, no, I don't want to register the vote, they're going to be registered. How will this clean up the voter roll? I mean, if you're a reporter listening to this, you need to be asking, how will this clean up voter rolls and not just create duplicate addresses? You see what the Democrats are doing? So they've moved beyond no excuse mail-in ballots and they're rolling out a new program expecting the GOP to be behind the curve. So here's what, this is what I think this is, okay? Like the, the Democrats right now, illegals or immigrants can get, you know, legal immigrants can get driver's licenses in the state of Pennsylvania. Will non-citizens be able to get a driver's license and register to vote in this state? It's a critical question. No one in the GOP is asking this question right now. More, more importantly, 
in swing states all around this country, Democrats are trying to issue illegal immigrants. OK, they're trying to issue illegal immigrants driver's licenses. If a legal immigrant gets a driver's license in the state of Pennsylvania, currently it's illegal to do right now. However, let me read you this. Pennsylvania Democrats, and this is from the Post Millennial, Pennsylvania Democrats are attempting to change this in a memo titled Helping Undocumented Residents Secure a Driver's License as part of House Bill 279. Again, I'm going to read this again. So think about this. Follow with me here. Josh Shapiro is going to allow you to automatically register to vote at the time of you getting a license. If illegal elite right now, illegal immigrants can't get a license and therefore won't be able to register to vote. That's how it should be. But if they pass this helping undocumented residents secure a driver's license memo as part of House Bill 279, you can bet that illegal immigrants will be registering to vote and voting illegally in this state. Our party needs to do a better job at keeping their ear to the ground and being forward thinking about how Democrats look at elections. I say this all the time to leaders, not just in Pennsylvania, but all across this country, not just state party leadership, but also people who are serving this country as incumbents in Washington. Republicans focus on running campaigns. Democrats focus on election law and changing election laws to their benefits. If we are to be successful as a party, we must unite and we must focus on running great campaigns, of course, but we also have to have our ear to the ground with regards to how Democrats fight with shaping election law. What Shapiro did in the state of Pennsylvania is the first salvo of what will be to come of what I believe will be illegal immigrants and, and, and legal immigrants voting in this state. But Republicans need to be asking these questions and they don't seem to be. And so as we go here to the end of the show, I want to talk quickly about a new charge that was issued for January 6th. I've talked often on this program about a two-tiered legal system in this country. The Department of Justice is clearly being weaponized against the enemies of the Biden administration. But Ray Epps got charged today. Shocker, right? Well, he sort of got charged. Ray Epps was charged with misdemeanor, I think, disorderly conduct. Now, keep in mind, like the Proud Boys this tarot guy, Joe Biggs, and some other guy, 15 years, 17 years, 22 years, respectively. One of those dudes wasn't even at the Capitol, and they got thrown in a federal prison, lives completely destroyed and labeled domestic terrorists. Ray Epps was caught on video on January 6th telling people to go in the Capitol. He texted a family member and said that he orchestrated it. And he's only been charged with one Misdemeanor, disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. Not only did Ray Epps tell people to go inside the Capitol, and as Trump was speaking, giving specific instructions on going into different entrances and exits where the Capitol police weren't there, he was one of the first to breach the barricades after encouraging others to tear them down. Remember, Joe Biggs was just labeled a domestic terrorist and thrown in prison for 17 years for simply shaking a fence. Ray Epps was given disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. And give me, give me a break. And so get this, um, shipwrecked, who is a, who is an attorney on Twitter. If you're, if you're not following, you should follow the guy. He's been volunteering his time and trying to fundraise in defense of January 6th prisoners. He had this to say, um, 
the Epps charge almost certainly means he's been cooperating, likely for a very long time. This is a typical process for resolving the case of a cooperator, and information is used because the cooperator waives his right to a grand jury indictment. I want to roll. I want you to remember what Ray Epps did that day. I, I, I want you to keep this on the forefront of your mind as a forever reminder about the injustice of the political prisoners of, of January 6th and the unlawful parading and the mostly peaceful protest. Roll this tape of, of Ray Epps so you see just just how ridiculous and two-tiered this system really is. Check this out. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we let's need to say go. It. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Face right. fed posting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Monument Hill. We are going to the Capitol. Where our problems are. It's that direction. We spread the word. All right, no, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get Did shot. arrest us all? Now, the media has been reporting this as another conservative conspiracy theory bites the dust. And NBC even tried to blame Tucker Carlson for this Ray Epps charge. <laughs> OK, so all this does is make me believe more that there's a two tier justice system in this country. When people are being thrown in jail for decades long sentences and Ray Epps gets off with a misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. Folks, the media was deliberately not asking questions about Ray Epps. They did not even bring up the double standard between Epps and Joe Biggs or Enrique Tarrio. Why? Because the media did not want an answer. They did not want to have to report the truth. They're lying to you again, only this time through omission. Meanwhile, the independent reporter was just convicted as a January 6th rioter, someone who was just simply on the Capitol filming what happened that day, was charged with many different things, even though he, he, was, he was not a participant in anything violent, he was just filming what happened. He was filming a narrative that was contra contrary to what the regime was pushing on you. And if you're pushing a narrative that's different, if you're challenging the intelligence community, you're challenging the Biden administration. Well, that makes you a domestic terrorist, just like the moms in yoga pants at school boards who question porn in their schools, or just like anybody who questions you. Tell you, we led into this show about 
some Ukrainian transvestite who started defected from the United States to Ukraine, put Americans on hit lists. Well, this journalist was charged with entering or remaining in a restricted area, disorderly or disrupted con conduct in a restricted area, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, parading, demonstrating or picketing in the Capitol building. The bottom line is this documentary filmmaker has been branded a rioter by the very system he was exposing. It's becoming just manifestly apparent that any of these people who are being charged in D.C. are not getting fair trials. And this is why we talk about this stuff, folks, because no one else will. And so I want to thank you all for being with us for what was just over an hour. Yes, I know we need more time. Um, but thank you all for sticking with me. Thank you all for being in the trenches. If you like these shirts, we've got more designs coming out. This is from the Battleground Apparel Company, <laughs> which is a clothing company, an apparel company for patriotic Americans who love this country and want to defend it. We are rolling out two more awesome designs in the very, very near future. So stay tuned for that. All this stuff can be bought, purchased at officialshawnparnell.com. So if you love this country and you want to tell people to do not comply and go to hell because you know lockdowns are coming back, uh, go to the website, pick her up some shirts, join the movement. We're glad to have you here in the trenches. It's an honor to watch this movement grow. Again, one last call to action to like, subscribe to this channel. We need your help. Uh, it, this show is and will always be free. It is for you and will always be for you. But thank you all for being with us tonight. God bless you all. Never quit, never surrender. And God bless this exceptional country that we call home. Take care. Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.